In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit upon us. Guide us always in your graces, Lord. Help us to look to you as a source of our authority in our lives and to be guided on this journey to salvation. Amen. In the seasons of the church, there are different seasons that, are, that each have their own spirituality and they're very beautiful to spiritually enter into and to pray with them. And here we are in the season of, of the church, of the sanctification of the church. It's like the, kind of the culmination of all the liturgical seasons of Advent, of Lent, all these things, and it culminates here at the season of the church. And then today is the last Sunday of the season of the church, of the authority of the church. And it's the last Sunday of the liturgical year. Next week we'll be starting into Advent, into Subara. We'll be preaching about trusting God, about our vocations, all these things, different homily for the next month. But today we hear that it's the end of the season of the church. So I was praying with why our church fathers in their, in their wisdom and the church in her wisdom has given us this specific gospel to culminate like, you know, the first Sunday was like, you are Peter on this rock, I'll build my church. It's the authority of the church. Then you have this gospel. Where in the entirety of the gospel, it's almost a chapter, it's a long gospel, you have Jesus saying like, listen, the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so listen to them. But besides that, Jesus is just razzing them the whole time. He's like, well, you guys don't know the, who the son of David is. Is he David's son? Who is the Messiah? Is he David's son or is he David's God? Who is he? You don't know. And they, you can't ask any more questions. And he goes to them, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. You do this, you do that. Just like, gives them a hard time, just goes at them. But then kind of this comma, but they have the authority, respect their authority, whatever they say, you should do it. It's interesting. Because he doesn't say, he could have said, in theory, he's God. He could have said, don't listen to them. They have no more authority. They've proven themselves worthless. He doesn't do that. So when I was praying with the gospel, the church in her wisdom, is this gospel given to me as a priest to read? They're like, yeah, I have authority to teach. I have authority to preach. I have authority to, to do the sacraments. But be careful. Be very careful. A word of warning. Do not fall into sin because then you become like the Pharisees. Do not love places of honor. Do not love to be the most important person. Be careful of yourself. Was it directed to me or directed to all of you? The listeners, the people. Like, listen, you have your priests. The church has her authority to teach, especially on faith and morals, to preach, to give you the sacraments, to guide the church in all that is holy given from Christ himself. Yet, they're flawed. As clergy, as we're still people. We're very sinful. We, we fall. It's the nature of existence here, right? Some are different, varying extremes. But Christ is giving us, us an example for all of you, like saying, still be patient with them. They still have authority. They're still consecrated to God. Be patient with their, with their imperfections. Either way, I don't know. It's about authority. That Christ has given that authority to his church. Almost irrelevant of the holiness of it. Obviously, we should strive for holiness. We should try, strive to follow on this journey of faith. Because that's what it all comes down to, is that we're all journeying together. Me as your lead, right? And you as my people. We're journeying together to Jesus. Example number 437 of why at Mass, it makes so much more liturgical, theological, spiritual sense if the priest is facing the altar. Because all of us together are journeying. Different homily, different day. But praying with the importance of how that matters. We're journeying to Jesus. And especially to add the spirituality of the, of the seasons. Because the seasons in the Chaldean church are so beautiful to pray with. The season of the church. 
Because you have Advent, Lent, Easter, all these, all these things in the church. Then you have the church, four Sundays of the church, and the last Sunday of the church. In a theological, spiritual way, we're anticipating the second coming of Jesus. We're anticipating the end of the world. Not because of Israel and Hamas, or Ukraine and Russia, or because of the internet, or because of AI. Every year, for the past 2,000 years, this is the Sunday we anticipate that. That Jesus will come again to judge, to judge the living and the dead, to judge you and to judge me. But besides just priest, kind of clergy, people relationship that I, in theory, have authority over you, and you, I have, and then you have to kind of be a, be a, a subject to my authority in a spiritual way. That shouldn't be hoarded over you, but it should be, but it's there, lorded over you. In other ways, in other relationships in our lives, there's authority and there's those who have authority over them. And it becomes very complicated because the most, one of the most important parts of our lives are relationships. I think of the relationships in your lives. Two days ago, three days ago, was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a great example of the complicated nature of family. The complicated nature of relationships. It becomes like hyper-focused that like there's somebody not here because we don't want them here. Or there's somebody not here because they don't want to be here. Relationships are complicated in perpetuity, forever. Since Cain and Abel, the sons of Adam and Eve, the relationships in humanity are complicated. Yet, there is still a sense of authority and being subject to authority. For example, let's walk through a human being's life. Ready? You're the child. You're a teen. You're a young adult. You get married in theory in life. You get married and have children. You have parents of teens, okay? And you're a parent of young adults. Then you're an in-law. Then you're a grandparent. And then the last lesson you teach your family is how to die with dignity and respect. All those relationships are complicated. All of them. Right? Think of how challenging it is to raise little children. It's difficult because they want to do their things. They don't want to go to sleep. They want to eat all the sugar. You're trying to guide them in their lives. And you are stressed and they're stressed because they're trying to figure out life and find motor skills and to talk. It's stressful. And then one of the more complicated relationships in all of human, human history is a teen-parent relationship. I love talking to parents sometimes. They're like, Father, can you pray for me? I have a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and an 8-year-old, and it's really hard. Any advice? I'm like, yeah, my advice to you that it's going to get 10 times harder. Enjoy the next 10 years. And they're like, thanks for nothing, Father. And I'm like, you're welcome, right? It's always a complicated relationship with adults and with teens because they want their freedom, right? They want to live their lives. And you're a boater. You don't understand. Like, oh, if you knew what I knew in my day, this and that. Back in my day, we didn't do these things. Every relationship, every generation happens to all peoples, and it is what it is. There's this tug. Authority subject to authority. I want to be free. I want you to be under my authority, but I also want you to mature to be an adult, but you're also kind of stupid, so I want to guide you in life anyway. So there's this back-and-forth relationship that's this tug-of-war. Every 15-year-old thinks they have the whole world figured out, and they're like, you just don't, right? But then what happens? Then there's slowly, it's a slow, organic tug-of-war relationship where you become a mature adult, and then you watch people, hopefully, in their time of life, become mature adults, and then your relationship shifts. I'm a priest. I've been a priest for 12 years. I still have respect and I'm subject to a relative authority of my father in a different way than when I was 12, but it's still there. Relationships and the dynamic of relationships shift. So shift with them. And then ultimately, if at the end of the day, so I preach about authority, if all of us 
or humble ourselves, every single one of us, we recognize that we are all subject to the authority of God. That God is the God of the universe. He who humbles himself will be exalted. When we recognize that, recognize that my responsibility as a parent is to give this child salvation. Their responsibility is to respect my authority at the same time to mature. And then as a family, we walk together, because as obviously as a church community, we walk together, but even more so as a family, we journey together toward Jesus. How are we bringing each other to Jesus? How are we bringing each other peace and forgiveness and patience, understanding, listening, enduring, persevering, having conversations? These are the, this is what makes relationships. So we do it on the foundation level of our families, which is what the foundation of the world and the church is, and then the church builds off of that, recognizing ultimately that all authority comes from God. This is why Christ uses this example, this hyperbolic, this exaggerated example. Call no man on earth your teacher. Call no man on earth your master. Call no man on earth your father. He's not saying you have no father, right? Like, hey, oh, you're in school? What's your teacher's name? You can't be like, I have no teacher. I only have Christ as my teacher. That'd be ridiculous. It's absurd. What he's saying is, all those who have authority over those under them, whether it's priest relationship, parent relationship, grandparent relationship, government relationship, all these things, we need to recognize that ultimately we are all under authority of God. And when we know that, we can respect that and that, that love, patience, perseverance, self-sacrifice, good of the other, allowing others to mature, giving them the, the, the proper freedom. Think of your own lives. Think of the authority that God has over us and the amount of freedom he gives you. He lets you fail and guides you in your life and then forgives you so freely and so readily because he is the ultimate example of father, ultimate example of authority. So in the dynamics of relationships, all the relationships of your life, spouse relationship, parent relationship, child relationship, grandparents, in-laws, whatever, always look to Christ as the ultimate example of true relationship true self-sacrifice, true patience with the other. Amen.